My name is David Grossman, and this is the Motion Martial Arts Podcast. On today's episode, Dan and I sit down and talk about different things relating to injuries and injury prevention. All right, so today we're talking injuries. Yeah, and uh, injuries is obviously a very broad topic. Um, I think we're going to focus a little bit more today on like the physical side of it uh, and less on maybe some of the mental side of it. And we say mental, we're talking, I'm at least thinking specifically about concussions, okay. which is so- something we'll, we'll talk about in a future episode gotcha. with a, a friend of mine, Max, who, Dan, you know Max as well. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I think let's focus more on like the actual physical injuries, not something that's a brain injury, which in what we do is a reality of what we do. Ah, uh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, it, it kind of gets swept under the rug. And I feel like it's almost like martial arts has, I don't know, in some aspects, it's even swept over the rug, under the rug worse than it is in some of the other sports. But it's a reality of what we do, you know? I mean, you're, you're getting punched in the head. Sure. For a living, getting yeah. slammed, concussions are happening. And it's, it's yeah. very much not talked about the same way that it is in other sports like football, for example. Yeah. Um, which is, is the sport that seems to be getting the most sort of press about concussion stuff and CTE oh. stuff. But it's definitely, I think, a reality of what I, we do. I can say from, you know, coming from a karate background with it too, that, you know, it's very, very common for, um, I would say it's very uncommon for karate people to practice full contact for that reason. And that it's, you know, and it's a trade-off, you know, it's that if you're not, doing you know hard sparring like that you know it's like it's obviously you're not going to pre- be as prepared for a real fight yeah but at the same time it's like what are you training for it's like do you want do you want to you know, turn your brain mush with concussions just to be a better fighter it's like some people do and certainly is you know it's like if that's what you're going for but most people not what not what they're training for yeah. so it doesn't make sense yeah and I, again I, I don't think we should spend too much on this right now because i feel like it's a sure a whole own episode that is probably going to be an episode that we, is a long episode. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even if you're wearing proper headgear and big thick yeah. plat- padded gloves, it still has its impact. Absolutely. Even if you think you know how to do the best break fall, it's still something that we're dealing with. You still might eat an accidental knee, elbow, head, butt in training. Sure. But uh, yeah, let's focus more on the physical injury and um, i'm no stranger to joint injuries unfortunately so yeah so definitely. i am lucky that uh i have not had any injuries related to martial arts i did have some injuries from playing uh soccer when i was really young yeah. like probably, i think i was like 10 years old i got kicked in the knee and hyperextended my knee pretty badly Ooh. but outside of that i've never no no real martial arts injuries um and i think like for this purpose of this conversation i think we should sort of break things down into three groups we should talk about general soreness we should talk about being hurt and we should talk about being injured and what are the differences between those things and let's maybe talk about just being sore first sure. because i think that some people overtrain sometimes yeah and they're really sore and then they're like oh, i can't come in and train and they sometimes think of that in their head sometimes as an injury and there's nothing wrong with that you know to a certain extent if you're not feeling like a hundred percent and you're not feeling your best maybe you should just stay home yeah but you know there's a difference between overdoing it and being sore 
and maybe being tight and that's significantly different than being hurt or yeah. injured. Yeah, you definitely need to factor recovery time into your training. You know, that's the thing with, so I think soreness is pretty much unavoidable if you're doing any kind of intensive training. You know, you're gonna get sore. Yeah. No matter what you do, but it's just about like, like you said, because if you do, you have a hard training session and you try to go back the next day and you're sore as hell, I mean, you know, you're not gonna perform as well because of the soreness so you're not getting the same quality of training yeah. so there definitely is like there's definitely a lot of benefits to planning it that way and make sure that if you like the way that i would do it especially back when i was training for a lot of competitions is you know i wouldn't i train saturday mornings and then i'd have all of sunday off and then i wouldn't train again until monday night so then often like that saturday morning session is when i would often go the hardest those like the hardest sparring days the days that i would that i would i would really push it because i knew i had a full day of recovery the next day and yeah. then you know it wouldn't be until you know monday evening that i'd have to get out and train again so that was a simple thing that i did to account for it you know yeah so uh I think so the soreness thing comes back to overtraining and again I have not been injured from jujitsu but the overtraining thing is something that I definitely do sometimes and for me some of it actually comes back from music stuff strangely enough <laughs> so I don't think that people realize how ultra competitive being a musician that is touring at any level is and there's a lot of like uh you make a lot of dumb decisions sometimes. You're like, we could play a show here for X amount of money to X amount of people, but there's another show that is like nine hours further away. So your drive might be three hours to the next show, but the other offers like nine hours more away. So it's a 12 hour drive, but it's with a band that is more popular. And it's like the money's worse and you're only gonna pay for a few more people but you're like, if we miss this opportunity, somebody else might take it. And it's better to tough it out and drive overnight for 12 hours, almost kill yourself, over-caffeinate yourself, because if you don't do it, somebody else will take your opportunity. Hmm. And I've noticed a lot in, obviously, jujitsu world, that I feel like the people that want to go far from a competitive standpoint do a lot of those same things. So it's like, if I do not take this opportunity to go travel in this tournament that's far away, that's maybe if I win, I'm only going to get paid a few amount, a small amount of money that won't even cover my expenses for travel. Somebody else is going to get that opportunity. And then it leads to how you approach your training, which is, well, if I'm not here doing a two-a-day on Thursday after I just did four two-a-days the, the, right before that, the other guy's going to be training. He's going to be getting better than me. Yeah. And and that's something that it just runs rampant in jujitsu, and it's something that I've right. seen that's very comparable to music. It's like this: if we like give ourselves a second to rest, somebody else is going to steal your opportunity, which is not true by any stretch of the imagination. But it leads, in my mind, to tons of overtraining, yeah. and it leads to over time a poor decision being made. And in music, that was lots of times somebody driving overnight when they shouldn't, and then they get into a car accident yeah. or almost get into a car accident. I remember there's a story uh, with my band where we were did some brutal drive overnight. I don't even remember. I just know we were on the West Coast. I think we were doing like Portland, Oregon to somewhere in California. I can't even remember. And we were traveling with another band and 
the driver in the other van fell asleep behind the wheel, almost crashed. Luckily, woke up because the guy sitting in the passenger seat caught him. We had a, a brutal moment where all of us were like checking our heads. There's one time where the singer of my band fell asleep behind the wheel, pulled over because he fell asleep and then woke up, pulled us over, got out of the car crying, you know? So like like being like, man, if if I hadn't just woken up and who, I don't even know how long I was out for, we all just almost died, Yeah, you know? And again, I see a lot of similar things with people that are more into the competitive end of martial arts, where it's like, push yourself past the point of exhaustion and if you're not doing that, you're not training hard enough and you're not going to win the big tournaments. You know, so it's sure. just push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. And even though, again, you're not injured, your body just shuts down. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, sometimes maybe you can't train, but maybe all of us are, are guilty of this to a certain extent. We need to reevaluate how we train in general. And yeah. that also leads to, you know, a whole nother conversation of, and I don't, I don't think it's as rampant in, uh, the karate world, but it probably isn't kickboxing, which is honestly to me, kickboxing is part of the karate world. In yeah, my opinion, sure. uh, why people are abusing performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. You know, it's, it's because they need to, it's not because they're looking necessarily for, to look like a bodybuilder. It's, they want the ability to train those extra sessions every day. Yeah. Well, it's like that one you always, down. it's that one you always hear about people like defending fighters to get caught for using PEDs and it's like that you know they're like oh it's not the drugs didn't get that knockout you know that was yeah, pure yeah. skill <laughs> and it's like you know like that's that's but what those drugs do is enable you to recover faster yeah, and yeah. train more that like it's yeah, not like a super soldier soldier serum or you know like they take the drug and it gives them like heightened reflexes or I'm sure actually there's a lot of well, different, but, lot of different kinds of drugs yeah, but, out there but, but to but, a certain extent it is though because if you're if you if you and I if I'm drug free sure. and you're on stuff that's going to help you recover quicker and you can do more training if you if in the same three month period you're able to tr- sneak in 60 hours more of training sure. period or 120 hours extra of training your reflexes are going to be better than mine sure right yeah. because how how do you develop reflexes yep but I, I guess hours it's just you know kind of understand that it's to aid with the recovery yeah. you know that yeah. was something i didn't always know but it makes a lot of sense that's how it worked and i guess I think one of the main things to think about with this subject specifically is just uh, like how important recovery is yeah. in your training yeah. and it's like i can tell you and i'm sure you probably would agree that like, i would always feel at my best when I would have a break in my training, I when I would train yeah. really hard and for whatever reason, I'd have, you know, a couple of days where I was out of it and I wasn't training. Yeah. When I would come back, everything would feel just so sharp and it was like, it's just 100% that you're not, you want to be starting your training sessions at 100% as often as possible. And I think I that's agree. the problem with overtraining is yeah. that you're never like you're training hard. You're definitely, you know, making progress yeah. with it but you're not spending enough time at your best because you're never fully recovering. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, other topics that go into this, which again, are whole other full episodes that we need to do, where it's like diet stuff, sure. Uh, you know, sleep, all those things matter, and that helps with the soreness and the recovery. Yep. Um, 
but yeah, like being sore and really sore and not feeling like training or your body's too tight or whatever, that's not the same as being hurt or injured. And I think that's important to remember. So like when I think of the difference between being hurt versus sore and hurt versus injured is that you actually have some sort of physical ailment. Yeah but it is not what I would consider an injury. So hurt, I believe you can train while you're still hurt. Yeah. And you can train through it. But if you're injured, to me, that's something that is like, you need to sit out yeah. for an extended period of time for it to heal or possibly surgery. Uh, I've definitely done a lot of training while injured before, but um, I was just severely limited as to what I can do. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, cause I've had, um, two shoulder surgeries tore my labrum in both shoulders at different times <laughs> you know uh, i was uh, even after the had, after, even after it happened the first time i was already a teacher so i mean just it wasn't an option just not to be doing martial arts at all but you yeah. know i used to just punch with my good arm but yeah i mean certainly like i was not I, I was not training in any way, like anything near the level that I was yeah. when I wasn't injured. You know, you're severely limited as to what you can do. Yeah. I find what you would, what you exactly would define as hurt, though, rather than injured. So again, some of this is just for. I think lots of these terms are sort of interchangeable sometimes. Oh yeah, it's open ended. I guess. Uh, but you know, like at the same time, I think it's good to define it just for the conversation we have now, and, and that's just so all everybody who's listening sort of has us on the same page when we're talk, talking about some the same things. But like, for me, it's like, I, I don't know, maybe like you have a mild strain of a muscle. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, so I pulled a muscle, it's strained a little bit. I can train through this. I just need to be aware of it. Yeah. So like, I need to make sure that maybe I'm not doing specific moves in stand-up. Yeah. Again, I'm relating it to grappling. No, or, I, yeah. or or like maybe maybe I, I I let somebody arm bar me a little too long, so my elbow is in pain. So it's like okay, uh, if somebody catches an arm bar again, I have to tap quicker because sure. I can't let the full extension. I need to watch how we call it posting when you put your arm on the ground or whatever or foot on the ground, so to keep base so you don't get swept or whatever. So I need to be careful about how I post my hand, where I post it because the elbows hurt. Yeah. But it's not something if you go to a doctor where they're going to be like you need surgery or like, Hey, you should take off six weeks. They're just like, Hey, it's yeah. It's sore for a little bit. Ice it. You know, that to me is being hurt. And again, this is just the definitions for what we're talking about today. Sure. These are not what the actual definitions are for you, the guys, the listeners, you know, but I'm sure that you probably had the experience before when you have something that hurts and you're dumb about your training, you just irritate it over and over again. You have something that would heal in just a couple of weeks, just bothering you for like months. That's definitely happened to me before. and, And again, that's, that's the rough decision that you have to make. And yeah. in my opinion, I personally think that I, again, for the definitions we're using, I would train if I'm hurt. Yeah. And it goes beyond the fact that obviously I, I, I'm a teacher and you're a teacher. Yep. I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, if I'm hurt and somebody attacks me, and even if I was injured and somebody has attacked me, I still have to defend myself. Yeah. But when you're actually injured, like if you tore your ACL and you need surgery on your ACL, training is probably going to potentially lead to more injuries in your body because now that your leg is compromised, your body's going to compensate and it's going to open up the door for other injuries. Um, Yep. 
Yeah, and that's a huge, huge thing to keep in mind. And being hurt, that, that can be the case as well. But I feel like, again, for the definitions we're using, when you're hurt, it's a little bit easier to train around what's going on. Yeah. Because it's not something that, like, it's like, okay, so if I if my elbow's hurt because I let my elbow get hyperextended a little bit too much when I got caught in an arm bar, when I post it, it hurts, but I don't think it's going to get any worse. Sure. It has to be a new incident to the elbow that makes it worse. Yeah. Like to me, it, you, you got to train, you know, yeah. well, you gotta tape it, yeah. put an ace bandage on it, ice it, whatever, sit in the salt bath. But to me, yeah. you got to show up for that. Yeah, it's not something that's serious. You know, you definitely can train around it, you'd say. So I would agree that, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, if you're hurt, it's something you can pretty easily train around. If you're injured, it's something that you like very, very hard to train around. And I would say like I've had real injuries, like recovering from surgery and still done some training. But yeah. I mean, like the training I was doing was very limited and yeah. not, you know, it's like, so you can do it, but it's not, not the same thing. You're taking it easier in recovery mode. So other things, maybe more, more striking perspective I consider hurt is like, you get a busted lip, yeah. you know, you get, um, bruises on your arms, shins, yeah, feet, that, face, that, stuff like the, that, you know, like, so that's all stuff that like, I mean, you certainly like still probably have to adapt to it in your training. Cause you know, you want those bruises to go away. You don't want people to keep bashing your shins up when they're already banged up. But like, that's the kind of stuff where it's not, there isn't really too much risk. It's just painful and annoying. There's too much risk of it turning into something that's yeah. going to be, like, more serious. So it's not as big a deal. Yeah, I mean, and, and bruises all over the body happens a lot in jiu-jitsu. Sure, yeah. Busted lips. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been hit in the face by mistake. Uh, I, I, I just think, I think all those things are reality of training. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's really get into, I think, the meat and potatoes of this, which is being injured and the realities yeah. of being injured. Yep. And the realities of, of sometimes, and, and this is going out maybe more to the people that are instructors who maybe own your, your own, own school or maybe you work for somebody. Um, an injury can be life-altering on every level, you know? Yeah. And, you, you get injured. I mean, there's, uh, there's some of us out there who teach that don't have health insurance, you know, and it's like, you get hurt. Yeah, that was you, me until pretty recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't get surgery. So you sure. gotta, you gotta figure out a way to train around it and continue to teach around it. You're compromised and you're limited, but you figure out a way to make it you know, work. That was one of the biggest things when I kind of, and it's funny as my injuries just kind of piled up really quickly. They came like one after another, tore one shoulder, then I tore the other shoulder, then I tore my meniscus in one of my knees. And that was actually something that hit me very hard, which was that, you know, the reality is if you're a teacher, if you're a business owner, if you're trying to make money, you know, as you know, with teaching the martial arts in some way that you have to prioritize that over your own training. Yeah. That it's like, I have, like, <laughs> you know, you don't have, you know, when you read about, I've read about, you know, the, the kind of injuries that MMA fighters deal with. I mean, it's crazy stuff. I remember reading about Benson Henderson. Yeah, yeah. This guy with the Taekwondo background who, like, with, like I remember, I think it was a fight that I watched of his, and I remember reading right after the fight that he had a torn AC, he had a torn ACL in that fight. And I was just like, that's insane. Yeah, that, that, that like, a lot. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, and, you know, I guess you can push through it. You can push through the pain. They probably can give you 
medication and you know depending on the injury like cortisone injections and stuff like that that can really that can that can make you push through it but i mean the end result is you know you're going to get to a point eventually where you know your body really breaks down on you and that's just something i felt like i didn't like as soon as i experienced a couple of injuries i like i i came to the conclusion that i just had to be a lot more careful about the way that i trained because my body has to work well enough for me to teach otherwise i gotta go out and find a different way to make money yeah and and i don't know where it comes from but there is a lot of i guess i'd call it stubbornness in the martial arts world where it's like if somebody gets injured and they need to step away it's almost like it's looked down upon unless you have a you need like a major surgery sure and it, it it's it it doesn't make any sense you know if you're injured you're injured you need time away you need time away um, i personally do believe that uh you know i think it's good to still show up to wherever you train and watch and be involved in other ways i think that that's beneficial i understand for some people they can't do that but uh I, I think that that is, is good, but like I also think we need to all take a step back and be like, if somebody's injured, yeah, let's not make them feel bad and be like, well, what if you still get a, in a fight? Like, what are you going to do? You're injured and you're still going to get into a fight, so don't you need to yeah. learn how to train around it? Hmm. Yeah, well, like, yes, that that statement is true, but there's also something to be said from stepping away and letting your body heal itself. You know, it's funny to say that because the injuries that I had, I never really felt like anyone that I knew really like, I didn't, I never, there were never other people that made me feel that way. It was more of all felt like kind of internal for me that like, you always question yourself, like, am I taking the easy way out? Am I just using this as an excuse? You know, it's like, because, and I remember, I think, I think it was an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast where he was talking about this. That's like the thing that makes you a martial artist in the first place is that you face up to like the challenge of pushing through physical adversity. So it's like the thing that makes you like want to do this in the first place is that you're willing to take those risks. You're willing to push through tough stuff. And it's kind of also what, and he was talking about it, of course, specifically with professional fighters. It's like also what can kill your career, which is that you're dumb about the way that you just abuse your body. So it's like you kind of need that mentality to get to a high level in your art in the first place. But then you also have to be careful not to take it too far that you just destroy yourself with it. Uh, Yeah, so... uh... There, there's a, a jiu-jitsu guy. He just recently opened a school up out of Bellingham, Washington with some other people. His name's Dave Porter. Uh, I've been lucky enough to... I, I brought him out, out to Milwaukee maybe a year and a half ago to uh, do a seminar at our school. I met him at Pedro Sowers Academy probably about, I don't know, maybe six to eight months before that. Super awesome guy. Uh, grew up doing Muay Thai and is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under Pedro Sauer. Um, he used to say this, he said this thing at the seminar. He said this thing when I met him at Pedro Sauer and when he came to the seminar, he stayed with me. So we, and we stayed up probably talking about martial arts probably till like 4am. Hopefully we can get him on at some point. Cause he's an interesting character with an interesting story. He turned professional as a Muay Thai fighter, at like 17. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he said to me multiple times, he's like, because it's completely normal 
to get together with your friends and figure out the most effective way to break somebody's foot in half. That's completely normal behavior. Yeah. You know, to dress up in pajamas and think about what's the most effective way for me to knock a person out, choke them unconscious. He's like, obviously being sarcastic, he's like, no, none of us are normal. This is not normal behavior. Normal people do not want to do these things. Yeah. And people that have made the decision to do this for long extended periods of, of their life, you're not normal. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. He's not saying that is a negative thing, but like that leads in my mind is because we're already, you know, not, I guess to a certain extent, doing what the average person wants to do. We're already pushing our limits well beyond those people. Yeah. You know, it's like, it just makes sense that when something's hurt, we're going to try and tough it out. Yeah. Don't want to stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to name names because, you know, for people, lots of it's, their business and their injury and I have a, a friend who uh, tore a tendon in his hand and he you know obviously didn't know what happened when it happened but he was like my hand hurts it's swelling I gotta figure out a way to continue training this session <laughs> yeah. and you know train for a while and then was still like you know what I'll, I'll go see what's going on but I'm gonna see if I'm fine you know but, and then took a little and he ended up that he had tore a tendon and he had to get surgery in his hand but you know, even still, again, the different situation, this guy's a black belt. He teaches some, he's very committed to, to martial arts. Um, you know, like he shows up on the mat and he's sure. a couple times and, and worked around with what he can have, even what he has working still, you know? Yeah. I just think that that's something that, again, we're not normal to a certain extent. Everybody who's listening, no offense, none of us are normal. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing this, you know, people, lots of people don't do this. The average person does not commit large chunks of their life to the martial arts, you know, sure. again, no offense to anybody, but in, I've, I've asked this question multiple times throughout my life to other people. It's like, if you sit down with 20 people, you know, and you ask them how many things have they committed to in their life for more than five years? you're going to get a, a small amount of answers. Sure. And then you're like, okay, well, let's let's take it even less time than that. How many things have you committed to in your life for 2 years? You're you're there there's not going to be a laundry list of things and like the things that you're going to hear for the most part are things that you like it's kind of like, oh, I I well, I went to school for x amount of years. Well, it's like, yeah, you kind of have to do that yeah. if you honestly want to be a functioning part of society. And it's okay if you don't, but sure. you kind of have to. I had this work or I had this relationship. Those are going to be the three things that you hear the most. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what are the other things, you know? And it's like, if you look at people that are high level in martial arts and fighting, they've committed a large amount of time, always over a decade for the most part in it. Yeah. Some of them even longer. If we took a look at like figure skaters yeah. or people that are playing in the NBA or playing in the NFL, it's again over 10 years of their life committed to something. Yeah. And to a certain extent, what starts to happen, and obviously martial arts, music as well, uh, what starts to happen is when you talk to those people, they've become almost so immersed in that world that there's so many things that are considered normal sort of ways to live your life and behave that got... Are, are kind of lost. That's not necessarily a negative thing or a positive thing. It's just kind of how things work out sure. because to get to that level with whatever your art is and 
to a certain extent, I consider sports art as well. And that's absolutely kind of what it is. You know, it's like you have to dedicate a large chunk of your life to it. The same way that if you want to be a doctor, like if you want to become an orthopedic surgeon, it's not a two year commitment. No, you have to spend your whole educational career uh, before college dedicated to your education. Then you go, you get an undergrad degree and you have to be dedicated to that. Then you have to take a test to get into your master's program. Sure. You know, like it's, a, it's, it's like these, this is the reality of it. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's nobody is, is achieving any of these things without years of dedication. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, people that tend to be drawn to the martial arts are people that, you know, I think have a little bit more, I don't know how to say this without maybe sounding insulting, but people that are a little bit more comfortable with being uncomfortable physically yeah. and mentally. Well, it's a requirement for what yeah. you do. Yeah. It's definitely a weird hobby. That leads to a different relationship with pain and a different relationships with being hurt and, and being injured. Sure. You it's know? almost like a sense of pride that, you know, you have like a pride in the things that you've overcome and, you know, it's not, can make you a little bit too, um, casual about things like injuries yeah it's just like this is just another this is like something for me to be proud of that i can overcome this injury it's like that's pretty dumb definitely and again i I hope i hope nobody's getting offended i definitely feel like that is really the case for men and women and boys and girls in that age range of like 15 to 25 15 to 27 i think that's that age range where you start to feel like you're invincible Oh, definitely. And it's you're you're also at a point in your life where like if you get hurt, you can bounce back physically so well yeah. that it doesn't seem like a big deal. Yeah, that's one of the things about my injuries is that because I'm only 28, and um, I feel like I'm able to handle them pretty well because I'm still so young. But I kind of I get the feeling that you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's gonna it's gonna really catch up with me. So that's why I'm trying to be kind of proactive about it because martial arts is also my job Yeah, that it's like very important that I don't make my injuries worse. And I try to push and train as hard as I can in a way that I feel like I'm not really risking injury. Again, you know, the risk is always there and yeah. there's nothing you can do to completely to train completely risk-free. Well, maybe you could, but it wouldn't be any kind of training you, you I'd want to do. Good. Yeah. yeah, you won't be good. Yeah, any kind of training I want to yeah, do. If you train risk-free, you're not going to But go. maybe we, I think it's good to talk a little bit about, I think, that there are some things that injuries have done for me that are positive in my training yeah. and that, um, and it's funny cause it's always one of those things like, uh, that is their experiences you have to have to like gain a certain understanding, yeah. but it's like an understanding I wish I had when I was younger before I had these injuries. Um, but like training with injuries has really made me a lot more aware of my own body. Yeah. It's made me have to control the way that I move a lot more. When I was younger, and it's what caused my shoulder injuries. I threw a couple of punches where my body wasn't moving anymore and my arm kept going. You know, it yeah. just was reckless about the way I was reaching my arm out, put too much strain on my shoulder and it popped out. Um, you know, because that was just the way that I was, I was just very reckless about the way I went about doing it, you know, is that anymore, I think I have a lot of a better 
understanding of my body because it's out of necessity about the, the limitations that my body has and that, you know, I'm still able to punch. I'm still able to kick. So, but you know, I got one bad knee and two bad shoulders and yeah. I need to be careful about the way that I do it. So it's made me have to be more deliberate in my approach to my training. Yeah. So well, there's something you've said to me multiple times. So I guess probably the only people that may know this about you are people that listen or, and know you personally, yeah. but, uh, you're, in my opinion, uh, on, on the high end of flexibility for an adult male. Yeah. Definitely. So you've said yeah. multiple times that what you, you have in flexibility has hurt you with stability. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is, is something that, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if that gets said a lot. No, no. People thought laugh. about a lot. People laugh when I tell them that I want to be less flexible yeah. and, you know, and to be perfectly honest, I did. I did do a lot of things to develop my flexibility when I was younger. You know, my, my teacher, he had, it was something we did every class. We had, you know, like a, a 10 to 15 minute stretching session every class. Yeah. But a lot of my flexibility is totally natural. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's just like the, I'm able to do like a, a total back bend or yeah. just bend down, put my hands on the ground. I didn't do anything to develop that flexibility. Yeah. The range of motion in my shoulders also is crazy. The range of motion in my neck is crazy. I have pictures of my of me like shooting kicks out where like my knee is hyperextended, bending backwards. It looks yeah. like a looks like a banana. <laughs> like yeah. the shape of my knee when, yeah, yeah. when it's fully extended and kicking. And those are all things that's just, you know, I naturally have loose joints and in a lot of ways it gave me some advantages, especially the style of karate that I do that's so heavy on kicking. I feel like it made me able to learn to kick well pretty quickly, but um I've I also attribute that a lot to many of my injuries that where you, where you gain mobility, you inevitably lose stability. I kind of don't want to go fully into this rant because again, yeah. it's kind of its own thing. And I know I'm going to probably uh, upset a few people when I say this, but uh, I don't know if we've ever had this conversation. So I am not a huge believer in static stretching. Sure. I actually, and, and some of this is, as a result of what yoga has become, yeah, it is some of it. So some of it is my my bias against what yoga has become, and in my opinion, yoga has lost whatever made yoga cool to begin with. Yoga is now competitive stretching. It's competitive stretching, and it's people pushing themselves to the limit with their stretching to the point that they are, in my opinion, causing permanent harm to themselves for something that has very little benefits. But I have always been the of the belief, and I believe it more and more. Uh, some of you may know that during the day, I, I I'm not a physical therapist, but I work at a physical therapist, that physical therapy office. Um, that static stretching is one of the most overrated things. It does not miraculously heal injuries, which yeah. is something that has been said for years. It does not improve flexibility as much as people believe. I was actually. Some somebody made a post recently on on Instagram that I read where and it, the guy is like a, a doctor of kinesiology or something like that, so he knows what he's talking about. He was like, uh, most of the people that are flexible, like hyper flexible, or have high levels of flexibility, there are people that either were engaged in activities that are like highly mobile activities, like Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu like karate, like figure skating, like gymnastics, or they were just naturally flexible. Yeah. And this idea of like, I'm going to invest hours and hours of my life in static stretching and become more flexible and injury proof my body is a lie. 
Yeah. And I, uh, I definitely I, the injury proof thing. Is I have, I, I have felt that, that yeah. way for years and I have gotten lots of people that have not liked me saying that. And I'm like, I'm like, I think you're better off just getting warmed up mm-hmm. and yes, do some stretching. It's not that I don't do any stretching, but the warm up, the warming up of your body, in my opinion, has always been more important than the, the static stretching and preventing injuries. Sure. In addition to that, you definitely shouldn't stretch cold, cold that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, but, like, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what has, you know, like, I, I, I hate to sound like, uh, what, what do they call it? A, a Debbie down, Downer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I personally think that lots of the, the, the problems up for this stuff is, is from the fis, fitness industry. And the fitness industry's number one goal is not to get people fit. Because if you get people super fit and you tell them to do the things that are best for them, they will not return as customers sure. because then they have the physical independence they need. Yeah. So you're only going to give them enough good information that they feel better, mm-hmm. but not necessarily enough that they're going to feel their best because if they feel their best, what do they need you for anymore? Yeah. So it's like, that's why fad diets and fad exercises exist. Yeah. And you know, like, like again, I'm, I'm probably going to insult somebody somewhere. Like, you know, it's like, um, Steve Maxwell, who's a jiu-jitsu guy and a wrestler and a big strength and conditioning guy, he talks about, like, you know, he's like, I don't like my athletes doing Olympic lifting. He's like, Olympic lifting is its own individual sport. Why, if you're already engaged in a high-level martial art that's taxing on the body, are you doing a whole nother sport that is extremely taxing on the body? I feel the same sort of way with stretching and how it's thought of now. I seriously think... That again, stretching at this point is it's literally it's it's a competition. Sure. And people are taking it so far, like people are literally making careers out of doing a flexibility p- pissing contest on Instagram and getting ten thousand likes, <laughs> and, and it's yeah. big, and then they're able to spin it off into like a career as like an Instagram influencer or whatever sure. they call them. You know, it, yeah. it's it's gotten out of control in my mind. And it, again, it's not it's not going to prevent in, injuries. Yeah, no, I definitely am skeptical of injury prevention. I'll tell you from, you know, the karate perspective is that, like, you know, the, I'm sure it's probably different. I'm talking flexibility really can be really beneficial in grappling yeah, too. Yeah. But, you know, it's like that head kick, you know, it's that in order to kick somebody in the head, you need to be able to develop range of motion to do yeah. so. Um, I found that the younger you are, um, the better, you know, the easier it is to develop your flexibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, with a lot of students that I've taught, it's like once they hit puberty, they tighten up a lot. And I've definitely seen people try to push, like try to develop the flexibility, make very, very little headway doing so, and even giving themselves like a lot of back pain and other issues because of it. Because, you know, it's like if you just keep trying to push a joint past where it's going to go, you know, it's like something else is going to give. So it's something in my own train in my own teaching that I've definitely de-emphasized. It's something that the way that I see it is some people have the flexibility and that's great. You know, some people are able to develop it over some time and some people just aren't ever going to be able to, to, to do it. And all of that is fine. Yeah. You just have to, you just have to, you know, kind of, you know, address your training based on what your limitations are. And that's I know, something we've talked about in the podcast a lot before. One of the reasons why I think having a well-rounded skill set is so important because if you're practicing 
a martial art yeah. that is entirely kicking, it's like suddenly it's like, well, you're at a huge disadvantage if you don't have the ability to kick yeah. high. Because well, the only people that the only people are going to be successful are those who can. Yeah, and, and again, so uh, going back to flexibility, and then I, I, I kind of want to maybe move on and sure. start to wrap it up. Um, so I think that people are confusing flexibility with other ideas and terms. Mobility. And you said it, yes. Yeah, you yeah. said range of motion, mobility. And one of the things you said was muscle tightness, right? Sure. So, like, people, what they really want is pain-free range of motion. Sure. Right? That's really what you want, whatever that is. Like, I say this all the time. I'm like, so I can very easily, like, go into a super low squat. Mm -hmm. I can be on my back and pretty much bring my heels to my butt without using my hands. You know, I can just get at that. I'm like, that's what's comfortable for me when I bridge. You're, you, whatever's comfortable for you, as close as you can get your feet to your, your butt before you do a bridge. And those of you that do grappling understand that the importance of, of a bridge. I'm like, whatever is comfortable for you, as close as you can get to your butt, that's it. So, you know, that's your range of motion. Like, you, you just need to figure out what your own individual range of motion is and that's it. Sure. Because then you're not going to push yourself past your range of motion. Yeah. And it's like, instead of focusing, yeah, flexibility might help that some, but understand what your range of motion is. And that's huge in preventing injuries. The other thing is mobility. Yeah. Like, again, I think people confuse flexibility with mobility. Oh, they, well, they overemphasize flexibility. They think flexibility is the only thing that's holding them back. And that's another thing yeah. that, like, in terms of talking, you know, karate, taekwondo type stuff here is that, like, I had a full split by when I was, you know, very young, when I was like 12 years old, I could do that. But I didn't have the ability to like kick well, like at above the head level, like really high. Like I didn't, I didn't have the strength to kick that way. Yeah. I only had the, I could do the static stretch yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. So I think sometimes too, that's like, you forget that it's like flexibility is only one piece of the puzzle anyway. Yeah, yeah. You also need its strength. So to get the mo the mobility that you want, you need both strength and flexibility. Yeah. 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 You, you know, so like, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, I think people are getting those two things con confused. Yeah. Like they really want good range of motion and mobility. And they want power and strength and speed behind those abilities. Sure. You know, which is kind of ties into agility as well. Yeah. But they're thinking about flexibility when they're using those terms. And the last thing is that, that tightness thing. So I, I definitely think that that is a thing. Yeah. But I don't know that stretching is the thing that loosens it up. And I don't know what does. Yeah. To be honest, I don't have the answer for that. But I, I personally the people that always are talking about like how tight they are. Yeah. I've never seen them make huge gains by putting in a lot of work stretching. Uh, there, I, there are people who come to mind who I've trained with for years who spent years like just a, a very, very long time trying to develop their static flexibility yeah. and made no progress whatsoever. Yeah. So <laughs> that does exist. And now, you know, like they're kind of like, like one end of the spectrum, the yeah. other end of the spectrum are people that are just totally like naturally flexible without ever training. Yeah. And, 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 just and, go down to split. They exist too. Point. You know, yeah, yeah. That's kind of my point. Sure. Like, again, it, it, you know, it's like, yes, it, it, it can improve some, yeah. 
But really, again, what are you looking for? When you're looking for your muscles to not be tight because that tension is causing some sort of discomfort or misalignment in your body. Well, the stretching might help it, but there's a good chance that it's not going to. And 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 you'll do some damage if you just try to push it too hard. Yeah, Yeah. like I mean, I've used this analogy, which is how I think of it. Again, guys, I have no background in anything medical. So take anything I say with a grain of salt. You know, I, I think about, like, I look at my belt. Yeah. What happens with my belt from tying it all the time and yanking on it hard to tie it? It starts to fray, right? Sure. So if I'm pulling on my muscles, stretching them the same way I stretch my belt, what is happening to my muscles? And there can be benefits to those micro tears. Yeah. That is where flexibility is supposed to come from. And that's the same thing you're doing when you do strength and conditioning. You're trying to sure. create micro tears and then have the muscle build back to a certain extent. And... and you know, that, that, that's what you're trying to do to a certain extent. I, again, I just think that what you're actually looking for and what you're getting out of the stretching thing is not the same thing. It's not going to relieve the tension of your muscles. No. It's not going to give you the mobility, the range of motion, the agility, the speed, the power that you're looking for. That's my personal opinion. And I don't think it helps prevent injuries. You want those other things to prevent injuries. And it's not even that... Like you need this huge range of motion. You need to understand what your range of motion is. Yeah. Like for me, maybe, maybe it's like your elbow can extend further than my elbow in an arm bar, but I know what my range of motion is for my elbow. So I know when I'm safe, when I'm caught in an arm bar and I know when I'm not. Yeah. Same thing. You know, your range of motion for what your leg is when you go to throw a head kick. So it's like, okay, I can get my foot up there, but it has no power. So it's great that I can get my foot up there, but it has no power. Yeah. So that's not a range of motion that I need to be practicing in Yeah. because it has no benefit. If, who cares if I can get my foot up there, but it's going to hit as light as like a, yeah. a splash of water in the You're face. You're just going to knock yourself over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like, like, and, and, and again, what are we actually training for? What are we trying to accomplish? And, you know, again, if we're trying to prevent injuries, just having an idea of what your comfort zone is with your own body's range of motion what is your mobility you know being in tune with like how come my shoulder feels tight and if my shoulder feels tight that's probably because a muscle is pulling somewhere and it's compensating for something that's off in my body you know and that's why you know it's great if you guys have access to you know somebody who's a massage therapist or a physical therapist i i very much uh i i'm extremely blessed and extremely lucky that I, I work with the person that I, I work for. Her name is JJ Thomas. Shout out JJ. Uh, I, I mean, my prior experiences to being around her with physical therapists were not very positive. And then I met her and I was like, man, my whole opinion has changed. And then she's exposed me to a lot of people that I'm like, man, there are so many great physical therapists out there people that are genuinely like their primary thing that they want you to do is make sure your body is functioning a hundred percent so you can do the activities you want, you know? And like, that's one of the things that like, I look up to her big time. I'm like, man, this person that is, she cares so much about making sure that people do the best thing for their, their body. And she doesn't try to sell anybody on her beliefs or anything. She's like, listen, this is what you're telling me. I'm telling you, this is the way to, to get you healthy and get you moving and get you back to the activity that you want to get to. Yeah. Uh, you know, like reach out to those people. They know more than, than you do. They know more than I do. They know more than 
people who aren't in that field. You know? uh, and that definitely touches on another one that can be a whole another podcast, which is that martial artists are, tend to be really, really bad, often admitting ignorance with subjects like this. <laughs> that is yeah. just like, what are you talking about? I stretched like that for, uh, for years. And it's like, <laughs> no problem. It's like, you know, it's like there are experts in these kinds of fields though. And generally, again, not something I'm very familiar with, but I have heard that things like static stretch, stretching, especially doing so cold, is um, not really a good idea and can even pose some risks, you know, with your health and training. Yeah. Um, so, let, yeah, let's wrap it up now. I um, think that's a good note to end it on. This is definitely a topic we're going to come back to. And yeah. um, we're definitely going to, in the near future, talk some about some concussion stuff. Hopefully everybody who's listening right now is injury-free, you know, and continues to be, you know. It's so important to put in that extra stuff, you know. I'm in my 30s, so, like, for me, it's, like, I very much need to try, and it's hard, but I try to get as much sleep as I can. I try to eat as good as I can. I try to make sure I'm getting enough water. I have pretty much, you know, I have a alcoholic beverage from time to time, but it's pretty much something that's been more or less eliminated from my life now for more or less eight years. Yeah. You know, like, uh, to me, those things are important. I don't care how old you are. Again, I was... 21 once and I know that feeling of invincibility that you have at that age and you're like yeah uh, I can go out and and get drunk have a hangover still train hurt something still train (laughs) and I'll be fine and you you end up being fine you're going to have long term repercussions from from that you know make the shift now and start to make your priorities the correct thing now you know yeah if possible you know try to make those adjustments before you have some injuries you got to deal with it's the boat i find myself in all right well awesome guys we're signing off thanks for listening and go out and train all right